Kura, this program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Wellington Access Radio, make your voice heard. This is Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM, and you are listening to B-Side Stories, stories of the people who make Wellington tick. I'm one of your hosts today. My name's Laura. And my name is Sapir. Sapir, I got the wrong mic on. My name is Sapir. Oh, there we go. There she is. There she is. Nice to see you all on this wonderful Wellington day. I can't see you. Can't see a, a single person, but we know you're there. We feel you. We feel you, Wellington. Thank you for listening. Uh, we've got a really exciting show for the day. What's, we do. What's going on, Sapir? Uh, what's going on later in the show? Yeah. We have um, we have a really amazing chance to meet the head of Wellington Sexual Abuse Help, uh, all in capitals, H-E-L-P. Mm-hmm. They are one of Wellington's most important organizations that is out there on the front lines supporting people <clears throat> who are victims of sexual abuse. Um, sexual assault and all of the things that go along with that. This weekend is their annual appeal. <clears throat> they have little over a month, little under a month, to raise a ton of money to make their activities possible and make sure that they can stay open and keep their doors open 24-7, literally 24-7, to make sure that victims are supported. So, yeah, we'll be learning all about them from their CEO, Connor Twyford. Connor Twyford, great. Okay, so looking forward to learning about what help is up to and how we can support them over the weekend. Um, I had a really cool interview lined up about climate change, but unfortunately they couldn't make it in. I'm so sorry. So we're just going to be playing some tunes in the first half. But can I say something about climate change anyway? Yes, please. Right now, the zero carbon bill is um, out for consultation with the Ministry for the Environment. So... The zero carbon bill is like this big opportunity for us to make a nationwide plan that will make carbon budgets to keep the government on track for reducing emissions. Um, It's a really great idea. And now the bill hasn't even been drafted yet and they're doing public consultation. So now is your chance to have an influence on shaping the zero carbon bill and um, telling the government that climate climate change is important to you. How can do you know how people can have their say if they want to, Laura? Yeah, dub 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 dot ourclimateyoursay dot nz is the Ministry for the Environment's website, and it's pretty cool. Just go and check out and see what some of the questions Ministry for the Environment asking is asking of people. And there's also a bunch of public meetings around the country, so you can find one that's near you, near Wellington, and um, go along and you know tell James Shaw to make it happen. That's such a good thing. Oh, man. It's it's scary. It's scary that um, the climate is affecting us every single day, that the rapid changes in the climate. So do go and have your say. If you've got an opinion, if you want to know more so that you can have an opinion, head along to those to those meetings. There'll be one soon here in, in the neighbourhood, right, here in Wellington. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, Uh That's the one. Cool. That's the one. And hopefully we'll we'll still have those peeps from Gen Zero in uh, on another day to talk about more about the zero carbon bill. So um, keep listening next Tuesday at five p.m. and every B Said Stories episode. You'll you'll catch the interview soon, and you'll catch so many other great interviews. So many great interviews. If you haven't already, do subscribe on podcast apps like Apple Podcast or 
Stitcher or wherever you get your pod- podcasts. B-side stories. It's such a good time. There's, there's a myriad of things. We've got a huge backlog of interviews. If you've got a really big laundry day ahead, you can jump online and just make your way through them. So, many great, so many great Wellington interviews. They're all Wellingtonians. Um, I want to play a little song. Uh, a song of someone you know, a friend of yours? Yes, that's right. So now that we have the, the bit of space on the show, we can put a little promo out for my good friend Ingrid. Uh, those of you who might have been listening for a while listened to an episode of a podcast that I made called Exposure, and Ingrid is actually the um, magician behind the backtrack, the soundtrack for that show. So she is in a band called Ingrid and the Ministers. They released their first EP just recently, and this is a track from that called Ingrid and the Ministers. Uh, this, yes. Oh, yes, let's hear it.
Welcome back. My name's Laura, and I'm going to turn over to Sapir for her interview on this half of the show. Thanks, Laura. That's I really appreciate it. Um, I am Sapir, and we are back on the show today with Connor Twyford from Help Wellington, Sexual Abuse Help Wellington. Thank you for coming in, Connor. Welcome to the show. Kia ora, Sapir. It's great to be here and lovely to be inside on a cold winter's night. Yes, it is really <laughs> chilly out there. Um, how are you today? How's your day been? Are you... This is like a really big week for you guys. Yes. Um, so this is the we're just about to peak with all of our appeal preparations. We've got our big street appeal on Friday. So every day is a big day at the moment. Um, and of course, the appeal runs through to the end of June as well. So we've got lots of other things going on. There's a quiz night on tonight, one on tomorrow night, all the things. So every day is a big day right now, well, but a good day. Amazing. We previewed a little bit for our audience what you guys get up to and Um, what you do here in Wellington, but do you want to tell us in your own words, what is the core purpose of HELP? Yep, Um, so I guess we have a vision, which is to end sexual violence in our community. Um, So that's that's what drives us ultimately, is is any level of sexual violence is unacceptable. Um, And so we're all geared up to to fight for that kaupapa. Um, And what we do day to day is restore the dignity and mana of people affected by sexual violence, um, engage with the community and try to get into the public debate as well. So, yeah, um, we're pretty busy. We have a crisis line um, that runs 24-7 with uh, five amazing women that work on there. Um, then during the day we have two social workers to support survivors and then oh, about 20 therapists to provide counselling and a little admin team that does all that really important admin work that makes everything else work. So would you say the majority of the work that you do is kind of at the front lines with uh, survivors of, of sexual violence yep. and sexual abuse? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have quite incredible staff that do amazing work um, and it can involve anything from a phone call at 3.30 in the morning to going out to meet someone at the police station to work with them to decide what to do next. So yeah, it's it's high intensity work and every person that works at HELP is absolutely committed to to that um, mahi. We have volunteers as well so you know we really value the support from the community to make this all happen. How do people who need your services find you typically? Are you um, are you out there looking for people who need support or is it a, an advertising campaign? How do people typically know how to get to you? Yeah, I think it comes in a few different ways. So police obviously refer people to us when rape or sexual assaults happened. Um, a lot of word of mouth, um, of course, with Me Too. Um, we're seeing a lot more people um, encouraging their friends to come forward and see us, which is fantastic, um, through our website. So we've got a, a, a really lovely website built for us by a community friend, um, wellingtonhelp.org.nz. Yeah, we've got a, the phone line that I mentioned. And just, yeah, come, people come to us in lots of different ways. And I'd love to see more of a campaign so that more people in Wellington actually know what we do and what our sister agencies like Rape Crisis and other agencies do as well. You know, the more that people talk about it, of course, demand goes up, but that's what we're there for. So, um, yeah, looking forward to campaigning more, not less. Makes sense. Yeah. It's really incredible work that you do. Is it? Is it quite... Um it must be really motivating coming into work every day with such a with such a cause like this. Yep, yep. It certainly binds us all together. And, you know, we have some really intense conversations at work about how to do things. Um, I, was, I had some people visiting today just to see how we worked. And, 
they said, you know, you must get a lot of criticism from the public. And it's actually, we're actually the hardest on ourselves. Like, we're always trying to figure out ways to do things better. Um, the support from the community is huge. Um, and we actually have a lot of laughs as well, because you kind of have to, you know, you're working really closely together. And yeah, humour is a useful tool. I was going to ask you, how do you, how do you stay sane and healthy throughout these really tough conversations and the work that you're doing with your would you call them clients or the, the yep. victims that come through yep so clients or survivors um i'm lucky to be surrounded by amazing women who have incredible skills in social work and counseling and psychotherapy and um i've learned a lot my background's in um, community campaigning so i've learned uh, a lot from being around really wise women who know their stuff, they know how to keep grounded, they know how to de-escalate, um, they know how to be mindful. I, you know, on a personal level, it meant stopping drinking coffee because who needs a gateway drug to a false sense of urgency when you're surrounded by urgency all the time? Um, meditation helps. Yeah, there's a lot of good practice in our um, world that plays out both for clients and for ourselves. We have to keep ourselves safe and healthy and and um, yeah, there's a lot to learn from that. Can you tell us a little bit about you and you, you've just said you've come from the campaigning world. What led you here? Isn't it interesting how life <laughs> takes you on a road? Um, okay. So I started, I worked in the fishing industry when I was in my teens. Um, the ozone hole was opening up and I thought, oh, I'll go to university. I'd, I'd parked the idea of being a journalist. And so I went to Griffith in Brisbane and to become an ecologist and kind of ended up coming out with a political science major. Um, worked on fair trade campaigns for a while. And, and then I came back to New Zealand to volunteer for the Alliance Party. Um, I was really interested in progressive politics. Um, then what happened? And then we uh, ended up on a uh, volunteer placement in Vanuatu for a couple of years. And then I came back here to work in the community sector. And then, um, yeah, I kind of ended up being really interested in good work practices. So I ran a pro program promoting good employment practices and community um, organisations. So that's kind of central to my focus. You know, how do we do this better and support people that do the work? And then I spent seven years with the Public Service Association, the country's biggest union, campaigning for stronger public and community services. And then I somehow ended up here because it was time for a change. And, you know, sometimes in retrospect you think, well, that was inspired, but... Um, yeah, sometimes retrospective um, is not the same as actually just falling into something and realising how lucky and, and privileged you are to be working in this space. So do you, how is this role for you? How, like, do you love it? Is it one of the best things that you've ever done? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. It's just, um, yeah, I'm, I feel really grateful. Gratefulness mm -hmm. is a really strong um, driver for me. Um, I just think we've got, um, this is a, a moment in time, you know, um, sexual violence and how we treat each other in relationships, how we do or don't objectify women and women's bodies and bodies in general, people's bodies, is right up there with climate change is an issue of our times. Um, and having come from an environmental science background, I've, I've got this theory that if we can deal with sexual violence, we might be on the way to dealing with actually how we treat the planet as well. So That's so interesting. Yeah. Do you have a theory that they're probably more connected than we might think? Yep, yep. Um, so I guess, you know, I, when I was an academic, I thought of myself as an eco-feminist, and over time that's really taken root. And I think... Um, 
there's something in there about it, the sense, and it's you know it relates to colonialism as well. So there's something in there about the sense of entitlement that we have to people's bodies or to the planet, and we need to just rethink that whole model. Animal rights, same thing. You know, like what gives us the right to think that we can take something just because it's right in front of us? So yeah, we need a big rethink, both on the planetary level and this is going big, isn't it? And on the personal <laughs> level. Wow. So then when it comes to the sort of education and prevention side of things, can you talk a bit about what HELP does in that area? Yep, yep. So um, we do a little bit of prevention work, but a few years ago we decided, we realised, along with our sister agency, Rap Crisis and Wellstop, that works with offenders, that actually we weren't funded to do that work um, and that we didn't have the capacity to do that on top of everything else. Um, it's an interesting statistic that from Treasury that only 1.5% of the whole spend on domestic and sexual violence in this country goes towards prevention. So, you know, we've got to turn that around. If we ever want to deal with the tale of what we're seeing now, we need to actually spend more money up front and have consent education in all our schools, primary and secondary. So I've lost my train of thought. But, um, yeah, oh, yeah, so we, um, so we formed the Sexual Abuse Prevention Network. So um, the fabulous um, Fiona McNamara runs that network, along with um, Judy Gardner and a bunch of other people. And um, they're amazing, the educators there. So um, that became its own entity. I'm on the board of that. And um, it's, you can imagine how many people are now coming to SAPIN asking for support and guidance um, and wondering if they're actually their own backyards are in good order. So... Lots of work for Sapin right now, and, and almost every day I'm like, Fee, I've got you some more work. You know, um, Lots of public sector agencies and lots of private businesses are going, actually, we better check our own set up here before we go any further. So that's really um, encouraging, and um, we really want to see the Wellington City Council step up on that front as well. So we've been lobbying them hard to become a sexual violence-free city, and you know, we've got, we're lucky to have a new councillor that campaigned on that platform um, to end sexual violence in Wellington, um, Fleurford Simon. So I think it's an interesting time to be doing this work. Can I jump in with a question yeah. about prevention? Um, so many uh, new programs are aimed at schools, which is great and probably like the most meaningful place to make changes in people's attitudes. What about people who are beyond school? Are, are they a lost cause or what, what do you feel about prevention for adults in the workplace yeah. and beyond school. Yeah, well, I guess, you know, if we just think of tertiary as the next step, sure. you know, um, amazing piece of work that the Thursdays in Black campaign did last year, looking at experiences of tertiary students, um, their experiences of unwanted, unwanted sexual behaviour and actually how much consent ed they'd had in their secondary lives and the more education they'd had, guess what, the less likely they were to be affected by sexual violence in tertiary. Um, and then in the workplace, um, I think there's lots of opportunity to do good work there. Um, I pitched the idea to Wellington City of a Safer City accreditation program for workplaces. So SAPIN would come in and do the training, um, review the policies and practices and get the leaders involved in each organisation. And then companies could build relationships with us. So let's get beyond bucket shaking and think about how... You know, what can different companies do to build relationships and have authentic relationships with um, support agencies in Wellington? You know, is it um, help with our accounting, um, in-kind donations? Um, so we've had, and we've had amazing support, I have to say, from the community to the appeal. 
and it kind of gives you a sense that we're on the right track because it's been everything we've had vasectomy donated. You know, it's like, yeah, it's, you know, the creativity that's possible <laughs> in the space is endless. And, you know, that's one of the things I love about this job. You know, we're resource poor, but the opportunities are amazing and the community support is huge. So, yeah, we'll take everything and take it with great spirit and, you know, and then resonate from that, I guess. What sort of things do you feel this is feel free to you know this might be quite beyond the scope but what what are the things that are really getting in the way of New Zealanders reaching the end of sexual violence here what's like from your experiences and from what you see coming through the doors of of help what's getting in the way of us just getting on with it and being good to each other wow that's a really good big question isn't it um you know you have to like all straight away I think about funding you know so if we're going to do this we need to fund it properly. So Auckland traffic costs um, the country $1.3 billion a year in delays and hold-ups. And so Auckland Council, I think, has dedicated $28 billion in the next 10 years to fixing that problem. So there's $1.3 billion and they're spending $28 billion. Sexual violence costs New Zealand $1.8 billion a year and we spend about $100 million a year on it. So, you know, if this was... Uh, road deaths we'd be campaigning much harder and there'd be a lot more buy-in um so you know it i think there's the only way that we can get governmental change is through community pressure we're really lucky of course now to have jan logie uh, for the first time ever as the under secretary for domestic and sexual violence but for her to be effective we need to give her the community groundswell that allows her to have stronger influence in government with the ministers of acc msd oranga tamariki that are funding the work we do. Yeah, it's a really big, interesting question. And then, you know, it's not just about money, right? So it's about culture change. Yeah, um, it's a generational thing and we don't want to be waiting. But um, And I think, you know, it's an inter interesting time because I think, you know, you have those tipping points in social movements. And I wonder if we're on one of those now with Me Too and Harvey Weinstein and Russell McVeigh. All the stuff's going on, like, you know, when the Wellington College incident happened last year, we saw the young women and some young men from high schools in Wellington rise up, fill the ground of Parliament in the space of 48 hours, and that's changed right there. Like, it I just gives me real hope that we actually can human our way out of this, really. Um, but culture change is at the heart of it, and I think, um, yeah, I've got four kids, and I just watch them and think, you're going to be dealing with different issues and I hope that when you look back you think A, your mum did the right thing and um, B, that you look back and think well, at least we don't do that anymore. You know, it might be, there'll be some other drama. It'll be, you know, can we actually breathe? Um, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, the arc of social justice is long but it bends towards social justice. I've probably not got quite that quote quite correct, but um, that whole Martin Luther King quote always sits with me as being, you know, these things take a long time, but maybe we're on the upward bend, or the rounded bend. Mm. So I imagine what the, the two things that you're talking about, the cultural changes and the funding are probably quite interlinked. Uh, maybe for those who don't know, what if there was the right amount of funding being put into this yeah. situation, what would that actually look like? Yep. What? So, so you, oh, these are great questions. So Action Station, um, they campaigned really hard and it was in no small part due to uh, their work that we got the People's Mental Health Review um, off the ground 
last election. So then they asked their uh, members, and they're up to about 190,000 people now, you know, what do you want to do after the election? And right up there on the issue, on, on the list of important issues was um, address sexual violence in Aotearoa. So um, they've just launched a campaign um, to land the next budget in May next year for um, appropriate and full consent education in every school, um, adequate funding for organisations like us that actually um, access to better access and treatment for um, people who are thinking of offending. Because I think one of the things we don't talk about enough in New Zealand is actually there's a cycle here. Um, and um, we can go vigilante on the offenders, but actually, you know, and, and, and what they do is a crime, but actually um, locking them up isn't enough, you know, full rehabilitation and actually stopping them. So those young kids at Wellington College, getting to them before they make those stupid decisions, you know, so that needs money. Um, yeah, keeps coming down to money, but, mm-hmm. it is, you know, money and cultural change are the two big things, I guess. Well, if you had like a one golden wish or a golden ticket or a genie lamp whatever whatever (laughs) metaphor you want is there one thing that you would love to tick off and say thank you know thank help we achieved that (laughs) oh you know I was coming when I came into this job about 18 months ago I was really curious about it and I was like why do we only focus on the bad stuff you know like when it's roast busters or Wellington College you know what I'd love to see is a really glorious sexuality campaign for all young people in New Zealand so that they get to know early on how great it is to be a fully functioning human being and to know what sex and healthy relation good sex and healthy relationships entails you know and and I know that that's part of what's happened delivers so that gives me hope and um you know let's because if you focus on just the awfulness then that's what you feed and and so I'd love to see us you know have the whole spectrum um, presented to people like my kids so that they grow up differently from how some of us grew up. That makes sense. Yeah. Wow. Do you think that there is room in the culture of New Zealand across Aotearoa for the positives or are we a bit scared to confront that there are good things happening at risk of ignoring the bad things, maybe? Room for the positive. I think there's room for um, creative tension Mm. Um, so I think about our national body, Toa Nest, for the sexual violence sector. We're a treaty-based model. I'm on the Toiwi caucus of that. Um, we sit in creative tension with each other. There's two houses, and um, that's a model that we can learn from. Um, yeah, I think New Zealand is is a, a place where we're able to make amazing change quite quickly, and we have... A, treaty relationship that um, can give us a lot of guidance um, to help us figure that out and sometimes that's not comfortable and not positive but that's the journey and who wants to live in their comfort zone the whole time you don't want to live in a you know uncomfortable mm-hmm. discomfort all the time but yeah I'm, I'm learning to live with discomfort and I think as you know as anyone who sits in a position of privilege that that's actually our task um you know, I'm Pakia, um, comfortable in my skin, gen, you know, lesbian, middle class. So it's on me to do something about that. And, um, yeah. Can you give an example of what that creative tension might look and feel like? Gosh. Like, what do you mean? Um, being able to be have really courageous conversations. Mm. Yeah. So um, being more honest and open with each other. Um 
it, which, you know, when you think about it, that's what a healthy relationship is really about, isn't it? And it's what consent's about. So, yeah, yeah. And, you know, how do we be more fully human um, and have those honest friendships and partnerships with each other so that we can model, you know, do think, you know, grow and nourish ourselves, but also model, model that for our kids. Grand. Wow. Sounds like we've got a lot of work to do. Take us through this coming weekend, oh, yeah. the appeal. Um, you've got a lot of money to raise and not very much time. Yep. I always <laughs> forget about that. Um, okay. Um, so um, street collection on Friday, a little bit on Saturday and Sunday. We've got some amazing volunteers stepping up. Um, you can donate anytime to wellingtonhelp.org.nz. There's a bunch of other stuff going on as well, quiz nights at Spring and Fern and Moon and Newtown and the Public Service Association tomorrow night. Um, but yeah, you know, anything anyone can give either now or at any time, either, you know, it doesn't have to be money. Um, we're always looking for staff, um, you know, especially um, laptops and computers. Um, we'll, and, you know, help generally that we'll always take that with the spirit that it's given and, you know, love you for it. And, um, you know, how lucky are we to be doing this work at this time? Oh, that's fantastic. Is there anything else that you want to say before we sign off for today? Like, how can people yeah. m- make sure you plug the website? Remember? Yeah, right. Wellingtonhelp.org.nz. <laughs> Terrible fundraiser. Um, yeah, um, yeah. just, you know, really grateful to the community for being so supportive of us and our, our sister organisations. And, um, yeah, look forward to Friday. I hope it doesn't rain. It would be really awesome if the sun came out. It <laughs> would <laughs> be great. I would, I'm, yeah, let's all hope for that. Nice. Fingers yeah. crossed, everyone. Touch wood. Um, that's basically us and our show today. Thank you, Connor, for coming in and, and talking about help. I hope everyone listening has given that some thought. Um, yeah. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well done, Sapir. We're going to have another song from Ingrid and the Ministers to play us out. That's us for today. Kia ora, Wellington. Good night, everyone. Babe, what you say ain't gonna help. You said I should learn to be strong Babe, it makes me feel like I've been all wrong
Thank you for listening, Wellington. This is B-Side Stories on Wellington Access Radio. We did talk about rape and sexual assault today, so we wanted to uh, give you a chance to hear some phone numbers and some contact details of people who you can talk to if you want, need to talk to someone about that sort of experience. Okay, so we have a support line 04801 Dial zero to get through the support line. Or there's our website. We've got a registration form on the website, wellingtonhelp.org.nz. We're there all the time, anytime you need help for anything. Let's let's hear the phone number uh, for Wellington Help one more time. 04801-6655. Dial zero for the support line. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. program was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks New Zealand On Air for funding the Access Internet Radio Project.